Good day, everyone. Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books, not just one scripture of the Bible. And I will be sharing commentary with you while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, Bible truth listeners and learners. I hope today finds you well. My prayer is always that you and your family be in good health and that you guys are staying safe. So today we are embarking on a new episode And as I promised, we will be touring one of the writings of a prophet in the Old Testament. I chose Joel or either Joel. Both pronunciations are correct. Now, the book of Job. For those of you who don't know, let me give you a little of Joel's background. Although there are several other Joels in the Bible, The prophet Joel is known only from this book. It has been suggested that he lived not far from Jerusalem and some think that Joel was possibly a priest as well as a prophet on account of references to the the priesthood throughout the book. And when we cross those passages, I will bring it to your attention. Now, the theme of Joel is... For the true agrarian society, these are property owners. Crops are are life itself, okay? It's like farmers. It was their life. It is hard to imagine how devastating the, the natural disasters described in Joel are. And he uses these painful events as a megaphone to get the attention of the people. There is urgency. In this call, because the day of the Lord is coming, this day will be a day of judgment or a day of blessing, depending on where you stand with God's son, Jesus. Now, the children of Israel, the land is Judah and Jerusalem. The Judaizers and the Israelites, of course, were Jews and they were God's chosen people. They had turned their backs on God, okay? (laughs) And boy, did God send a judgment of destruction upon their land. Now, I want you to remember dispensations. I often mention that. Back then, in the Old Testament, they were under the dispensation of the law which required judgment and condemnation when you broke the law. We are under the dispensation of grace, which comes with, praise God, forgiveness and mercy and grace, okay? And don't forget, we are Gentiles. Now, they had Gentiles back then. The Gentiles had stolen um, the, some, some gold, 
uh, from the temple of God and placed it in their pagan temple where they worship pagan gods, you know, gods that did not create the heavens and the earth. And God was very angry that some of his people had turned their backs on him and started following these pagan worshipers. Now, I'm going to do something different again. I will be reading from the Amplified Study Bible for chapter one. Now, Joel only has three chapters, but they are very powerful. And chapter two and three, I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Okay, so chapter one, I will be using the Amplified Study Bible. And chapters two and three, I will be using the New Living Translation. So if any of you have those translations, lucky you. Okay. <laughs> now, one of the reasons I chose uh, the book of Joel is because he speaks about judgment when you turn your back on God. And as it relates to us today, when you turn your back on Jesus, the difference is judgment isn't coming today. Judgment is coming when your spirit leaves your body, meaning when you die. If you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ before you die, you go before the judgment seat of, of God, which is the great white throne judgment. You can't plead your case. That is where you will be given your sentence. So today, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You need to accept Christ today because tomorrow is not promised to you. So with that said, verse one, I am in the book of Joel, chapter one, verse one, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Bethuel. Now, Bethuel, this is the only time his name is mentioned, but he was the father of, of Joel. Verse two, hear this, O elders, listen closely, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing as this occurred in your days or even in the days of your fathers? What the prophet is saying here is that have you ever seen anything like this? The devastation that he is talking about, God sent, and yes, God sent it, millions of locusts to just destroy the entire land of Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, millions of them to get their attention because they weren't listening to God anymore. The priest was crooked, had turned his back on God, had started offering unclean sacrifices, and the people were no longer worshiping God the way the law said that they should worship God at that time. So look, Joel is, is very interesting, which, which is one of the reasons why I chose it. Verse three, tell your children about it and let your children tell their children and their children, the next generation. So it's obvious what he's saying here. You need to tell your children what's happening and why it's happening. Okay. Verse four, what the gnawing locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten and what the swarming locust has left, the creeping locust has eaten. Now verse four is talking about the locust ate up everything. They destroyed all the crop. Nothing was left. 
the entire farming business was completely destroyed. So, you know, when that happened, there was no food. Oh, there was no food. Um, the latter part of four. And what the creeping locust has left, the stripping locust has eaten in judgment of Judah. Verse five, awake from your intoxication, you drunkards, and weep. Well, all you drinkers of wine, because of the fresh sweet wine that is cut off from your mouth. Verse six, for a pagan and hostile nation has invaded my land like locusts, mighty and without number. Its teeth are the teeth of a lion, and it has the fangs of a lioness. Now, this is also mentioned, this particular verse, verse 6, is mentioned in the book of Revelation, which is the end time, uh, chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. Now, let's read verse 7. It has made my vine, my people, a waste and object of horror, and splintered and broken my fig tree. It has stripped them completely bare and thrown them away. Their branches have become white, meaning they were completely stripped. And this is also mentioned in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter five, verses five and six, verse eight. Well, like a virgin bride, cloth with sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth who has died. Verse nine, the daily grain offering and the drink offering are cut off. Now, what this is talking about here, let, let me um try to give you some information insight of verses four all the way up to verse eight. Now, many interpreters have viewed these locusts as foreign armies that attacked Judah in successive waves: Assyria, Babylon, Greece, and Rome. Yet literal locust plagues were one of the judgments promised if the people disobeyed God and broke their covenant with him. You can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Verses 38 through 42. Further, Joel's description of the damage done by the locusts compares with eyewitness reports. The impression given is one of overwhelming devastation. It was horrible. And I will tell you this, the day of the Lord, the final judgment of God is worse than this. The good thing is that Christians won't be involved in it. Now, when the Bible talks about in verse nine, the daily grain offering and the drink offering, this phrase refers to the wine offerings that, that accompanied the priest morning and evening sacrifices. You can read Exodus 29 verse 38 through 41 to read about that. The devastation of the locusts meant that no sacrifice could be offered. The priest could no longer offer sacrifices because they were all gone. OK, now, um, verse 10, when it talks about the ground mourns, the land is personified as mourning because the three principal crops it produced, which was grain, grapes and olives had been destroyed. Uh, you can read Deuteronomy chapter seven, verse 13 and Psalms 104, verse 15. Now, let's pick up at uh, verse 15, because. Hold up. Let me see. I don't, I want to make sure I didn't lose my place. Cause when I go to my notes, it's on a different page and I'm trying to go back 13. Okay. Let's, let's pick up at 14. Okay. Uh, consecrate a fast 
proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord, your God. What this is saying is you need to get everybody together. You, you need to sound an alarm because this is serious. What's happening here. You need to sound an alarm, gather everyone. He's talking about gathering, excuse me, the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord. I'm reading verse 14 again, your God and cry out to the Lord in penitent pleadings. Okay. I mean, you guys need to beg God and ask God for forgiveness. That is what the prophet Joel is telling the people in Judah and Jerusalem. Now here's the thing. God spoke through his prophets back then, like he did through Moses. He spoke to, he spoke to his prophets and he would tell them what to tell his people when they were disobeying him. Okay. Verse 15, alas for the day from the judgment day of the Lord is at hand and it will come upon the nation as a destruction from the almighty. Now, Zephaniah, you can read, uh, God spoke through Zephaniah and told him the same thing. Chapter one, verses 14 through 18. Okay. Same thing. Just like in the new Testament, the apostles were always telling the uh, Christians or the believers or the, uh, or the children of God. That's who we are or saints to watch out for false teachers that we were not under the law. We were under grace in the old Testament that God spoke through his prophets Every last one of them were warning the Jews who were God's chosen people at the time not to turn away from the true and living God. Same difference. Okay. Same difference with the Old Testament and the New Testament. The prophets were always telling them about what was going to happen to them. Now, Joel uh, is prophesying some things that took place and some things um, that was going to take place that did. And some futuristic things beyond that, that hasn't taken place yet as it relates to the end times. Okay. Verse 16 has not the food been cut off before your, before our eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God. He's asking this verse 17, the seeds of grain shrivel under the clods. Now that's just simply uh, dirt or clay. The storehouses are desolate and empty. The barns are in ruins because the grain is dried up. Verse 18, how the animals groan, the herds of cattle are bewildered and wander aimlessly because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. Verse 19, oh Lord, I cry out to you. Now these are the priests talking. Okay. Oh Lord, I cry out to you for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. And the flame has burned up all the trees of the field. Verse 20, even the wild animals pant in longing for you, for the water brooks are dried up and fire has consumed the pastures of the wilderness. Now, this was horrible. The locusts had eaten everything. Fire had burned up the crop. Whatever the locusts didn't eat, the fire burnt up. The water wells had run dry. You hear me? The water wells had run completely dry. Now, before we go to chapters two and three, I am switching to the New Living Translation. And for those of you who didn't hear me before, I just read chapter one. 
using the Amplified Study Bible. Okay, now I have just switched to the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 1. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, meaning you need to just, whenever a trumpet was sound, that means something serious was happening, whether it was an invasion of uh, another nation's army coming in to take over the land or a storm, you know, or a major fire. This was major. In this case, it was millions of locusts. And Joel is going to explain the impact that those locusts had. Okay. When they invaded the land, imagine that they didn't just, you know, devastate the land. They entered into people's homes. Oh my God. I don't know what I would have done. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. Whoo. That's scary. Verse two, it is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. These are talking about the locusts. The locusts, it was so many of them, it made it look like thick clouds. Okay, clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. Talking about the locusts. Okay. Verse three, fire burns in front of them and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes, meaning everything the locusts touched, they destroyed it. Okay. Verse four, they look like horses. It was so many of them. The images look like horses because they were flying together. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine that? They were so thick. They looked like horses. They looked like war horses. Verse five, look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make like the rumbling of chariots. This is how loud they were. Like the roar of fire sweeping across a field of stubble or like a mighty army moving into battle. Verse six, Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. Verse seven, the attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straightforward, they march, never breaking rank. Verse eight, they never jostered each other, meaning they never moved. They were walking in sequence. They never pushed one another out the way. They were marching straight forward and, and, and look, Fulfilling the mission that God sent them to do was to destroy that land. Let me tell you something. Uh, this pandemic was no accident. Okay. I don't want to make this uh, episode about that, but this pandemic was no accident. This pandemic hit the entire world at the same time and brought it to its knees. Only God can do that. Turning your back on the living God. Only God can do that. Now I don't want to scare people, but you still need to know the truth. What's coming, and I'm talking about the, the day of the Lord, what's coming is going to be far worse than this pandemic. The day you hear his voice, you better harden not your heart. You better accept Christ today. You better accept him today. Verse 8 again. They never jostled each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. Verse nine, they swarm over the city and run along its walls. 
They enter all houses. Remember I told you they even entered the homes of people. They enter all houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. Verse 10, the earthquakes has they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. This is how many they were. They were so thick that they blocked out the stars and the moon. That had to be a horrifying event. And this actually took place, you guys. The Bible is also known as a history book. Okay, verse 11. The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? My Lord, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Verse 12. That is why the Lord says... Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. This is talking about repentance. Because although back in the day God was full of judgment against his people when they disobeyed him, he still was full of mercy. He still gave his people an opportunity to repent so that he can stop the destruction. Okay, verse 13. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God. Now, what this is talking about, see, back then, when uh, God was, uh, was dealing with man, tearing of, of a garment was common practice in times of grief or contrition. Now, it symbolized a broken and torn spirit. Here... Joel is calling for Judah to uh, um, actually experience what this symbolism portrays. Hearts that are torn with grief and the confession of their sins. Now, what he is saying here is, look, uh, I get it. You're tearing your clothes. You are tearing your garments. But what about your heart? No, you need to be sincere when you repent to me. That is what this is talking about. Um, let me read verse 13 again. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord, your God. Okay. You have to be sincere when you repent because God knows your heart. That's why he said, no, tear your hearts instead. I've, I've continuously talked to you guys through my prophets and you have continuously ignored the prophets, even though what they said was coming to pass because people abuse and trample on God's mercy. That's what the issue is. Mm -hmm. That is what the issue is. Um, the latter part of 13 for he is merciful and compassionate. Yes, God is slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Verse 14, who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord, your God, as before, because God has stripped everything to where they couldn't even offer the grain and the wine anymore as a sacrifice because it was all destroyed. Verse 15, blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem, announce a time of fasting, call the people together for a solemn meeting. Everybody needed to meet on this one, not just the priest. Everyone needed to meet and they needed to repent together as a nation. Okay. Verse 16, gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies 
Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Verse 17, let the priest who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep, meaning cry, between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. This is what the priest should be praying. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. The special possession is the children of Israel. That was God's special uh, possession. And the priest was praying that don't let the other country see that you have turned your back on your people. Okay. Uh, The latter part of 17. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, has the God of Israel left them? Ooh, my Lord. Verse 18. Then the Lord will pity his people and jealousy God, the, the honor of his land. Verse 19. The Lord will reply, look, I am sending you grain and new wine and I, and olive oil. Now, also for those who don't know, um, grain, wine, and olive oil was a very important part of the Jews diet. So they couldn't even use that because their focus was on their rituals instead of God. Mm, my Lord, I thank God for Jesus. We don't have to worry about any of that. I thank God for Jesus. They had a trying time back then. Yes, they did. Verse 19 again, the Lord will reply, look, I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil. This is the God, um, God giving them back what he had allowed the locusts to destroy. We have a merciful God. Um, olive oil in enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. Verse 20, I will drive away these armies from the north because the locusts came in from the north. Now, some may say, and I'm not going to get into this with you because I don't want you to be distracted, um, was uh, would say that this verse is talking about the uh, armies of Babylon and, and, and Syria. But no, we are talking about locusts here. Okay. <laughs> okay. You need to hear the truth and the scriptures rightly divided. Um, I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea and those at the rear into the Mediterranean Sea. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Now this is talking about uh, God driving the millions of locusts that he sent to destroy the land into the seas, two different seas. And the stench of their death is um, really a reality that God actually killed the locusts. Okay. Um, the end of verse 20 again, surely the Lord has done a great thing. Verse 21, don't be afraid, O land, be glad now and rejoice. For the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field. For the wilderness pastures will soon be green. Oh, hallelujah. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. He is going to replenish everything that he allowed the locusts to destroy. Now that was a huge wake-up call. So was this pandemic. For the entire world. And that is just a. 
I would say, representation of what is to come. Yeah, I hate to say it like that, but I'm a minister of the gospel. My job is to tell the truth. Verse 23, rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Sending the rain because they had also been a famine. Remember, there was a famine. The land was super dry because it was burnt to a crisp. And now he's sending the rain so that the, the crops can grow. Okay. Um, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring. Verse 24, the threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. And the presses will, uh, will overflow with new wine and olive oil so that they can resume their diets. Okay, verse 25. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. Because it was three sets and three different types of locusts that came. What uh, Remember we read that what the first, what the... um. Hopping or the swarming locusts left behind. The hopping locusts came right behind and destroyed that. And what the hopping locusts left behind, the stripping locusts destroyed. And what the stripping locusts left behind, the cutting locusts destroyed. It was a trying time. It was a day of devastation. And it was also a day to see the power of the Lord. And what happened to them back then when they turned their backs on the Lord. Uh-huh. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Everybody want to, oh, why aren't we in the Old Testament? Now, let me tell you something. When you see what the children of Israel went through for turning their backs on God, you will understand the grace of God today. Because God is not destroying people like he did back then in the biblical days. Even though he had mercy back then because he loved his people. But he had to get their attention some kind of way. Verse 26. Once again, you will have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord, your God, who does these miracles for you. Hallelujah. Never again will my people be disgraced. Hallelujah. He's talking about the children of Israel. Verse 27. Then you will know that I am among my people, Israel, that I am the Lord, your God, and there is no other. Did you hear what I just said? So all of these pagan gods out here. Moon gods and and uh, uh, Buddha. <laughs> oh, my God. Gods that can't do anything for you. There's only one God, people. That is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Hallelujah. The God and father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, every religion created, go into the Bible, take a scripture and build a whole religion around it. You can't do that. You can't fool God's ministers who know this word. You can't fool them. There's only one God, people. Verse 28. Then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Hallelujah. Now, this is the prophet Joel prophesying about the coming of the Holy Spirit, which happened in the book of Acts chapter 2. And when Peter was explaining to the Jews that, about what Joel had prophesied, it was coming to pass. So listen to this. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. 
Verse 29, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike. Verse 30, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. Now, on the day of Pentecost is when the spirit, uh, this prophecy came to pass, is when the spirit, the Holy Spirit became available to all men and women, those who are in Christ. So this prophecy came to pass and guess what? It came to pass almost 800 and maybe between 80 and 92 days. I mean, years later, 892 years later, this still came to pass. And the uh, apostle Peter, if you want to read that, it's in uh, Acts chapter two. Um, if I'm not mistaken, verses 21, I mean, verses 17 through verses 21 on the day of Pentecost. Peter was telling them the prophet Joel prophesied this and it was now coming to pass since the Jews wanted to rely so heavily on the Old Testament. Okay. Um, verse 31, the sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. Now this is talking about the end times. The great and terrible day is when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to get his church. The devastation that happened with the locusts ain't nothing. I mean, nothing compared to the judgment day of God. And those who are in Christ will be spared from that. We won't go through any of it. Those who are outside of Christ, those who are practicing religion today and not trying to develop a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. They will be here to experience that, but we won't. Oh, no, we will not. Verse 32. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was made available to everyone. We are living in a dispensation of grace. These are the times that we are living in right now. The ground is leveled to where anyone, Jew and Greek alike, can call on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Right now, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. When you hear God nugging at that heart saying, confess my son as Lord and believe in my heart that I raised him from the dead and he is seated at my right hand right now. You are saved. That's all you have to do. You don't have to perform no, no rituals to be saved It's confess and believe. That's it. Okay. So, um, where were we? Let me read 32 again, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For the sun on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape. Just as the Lord has said, these will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Now, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? Now, when the world order is, is, is falling apart, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I told you guys that these signs of God's judgment are disastrous for those who will continue in their sin. The sin is following pagan gods and not the God who created the heavens and the earth. That is what the sin is. It ain't who you slept with last night. That's not what sends us to hell. The sin that sends us to hell that people are refusing to repent of is idolatry, following false gods, following religion instead of following the, the Lord Jesus Christ who is not a religion. Jesus Christ died on that cross and rose again so that you don't have to follow religion. You can't anyway. <laughs> you can't. Nobody 
who sets rules and regulations for themselves follow those rules and regulations. Unbelievable. Now, there are, uh, however, signs of redemption and deliverance for those who turn to the Lord as well. Okay? Judgment coming, but I'm telling you, that's why we ministers need to sound a horn because grace is still available. People don't know that. Do you know there are people on this planet who still haven't heard about the gospel? And that's why the Bible says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. There are people who still don't know about the gospel. There are people who have been given a watered down version and then um, attached with all of these rules and regulations. And they're like, hey, I don't, I don't want Jesus. I'm gone. But they don't know the rules and regulations are created by man, not God. See, the false teachers going to pay. I'm, I'm telling you, they are going to pay. Oh, that's word too. They are going to pay for misleading people. I know they're working for Satan. You know, they are cunning. You, most people think of Satan as horns coming out of the head and red and dressed in this black, you know, cape with a pitchfork. No, no. Satan can be just as handsome and, and beautiful in male or female form and speak to you in with a kind and soothing tone and you know pray for you and when they turn around they start laughing saying I got that one for you got that one for you daddy Satan see you gotta understand God left this word for us to follow if you stick with this word you can't be deceived I learned that years ago okay the only way I can't be deceived again is if I follow God's word and that's what you need to do and the children of Israel needed to listen to the prophets and they were not even though what the prophet said came to pass. I didn't mean to digress there, but when the Holy Spirit leads me to share, I share. Um, where were we? Okay, when it talks about my, Mount Zion in Jerusalem, um, they're talking about um, for this to be understood, it should be understood as figures for the dwelling place of, or presence of God, which is Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Because you got to remember God's final kingdom when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom will be in Jerusalem. Okay. Now survivors, those who are saved, those who have called on the name of the Lord, that's who survivors are. Okay. Um, you can also cross-reference that with uh, Zephaniah chapter 2 verse 7. Now let's um, move into chapter 3. I'm sticking with the New Living Translation, people. I'm also reviewing that last verse again. Let me let me read verse 32 again of chapter 2. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Um, verse 1 of chapter 3. At the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, verse two, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them. And I don't know, uh, for those of you who follow me on a regular basis, you've heard me say God is going to judge nations here. No one is getting away for how they are mistreating God's people and how they are mistreating the poor and how all of these injustices are, are continuous on a regular basis worldwide but we live in america so for those of you who listening in america i know i have listeners outside of this country in uh south africa and um in israel and 
um, in Italy. I'm not talking about um, you. I'm not downplaying your country because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. God has people all over this world, but some still need to hear the gospel and be saved. But what I'm talking about is what I see going on in America. God is not happy with and America is going to fall or oh, it's going to fall hard because the people just like the children of Israel, a lot of people think that just because someone is president that God put them there. No, no. The children of Israel, if you can remember, they chose Saul. God didn't want Saul to be their king, which um, is symbolic for president today. And Saul did not do right in the sight of the Lord. And God ended up forcefully removing him, just like he's going to do this president. No, God didn't put him there. The people did. We had two choices. It was the lesser of two evils and people chose the most evil man on the planet. That's who people chose. So now they have to deal with it. Deal with the consequences. I'm fine because my faith is in God and in God alone. But I see what's going on here and I have an obligation to mention it. I have an obligation to share it. I have an obligation to teach about it. And trust me, as we tour some of the um, teachings of the prophets or the documentations of, of former prophets, we are going to come across what happened with the children of Israel when they chose someone that God did not want them to choose. But God said, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Just like he doing today. God doesn't force us to do anything. He can't because if he forces us, he can't judge us. OK, he gives us options and it's us. It's up to us to choose. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we choose the Lord. So we have to make a decision. If you choose wrong, you have to deal with the consequences of your choices. OK, um, verse three, let me let me start at verse one again. But I don't know when the Lord is going to have me, you know, elaborate more and digress a little and I just have to follow the Holy Spirit. Verse one, at the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, verse two, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for the harming for wait for harming my people, my special possession for scattering my people among the nations and for dividing up my land. Verse three, they threw dice to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded boys to obtain prostitutes and sold girls for enough wine to get drunk. Yes, they used human beings to purchase items that they wanted. Unbelievable. Verse four, what do you have against me? This is God talking through the prophet Joel. Tyre and Sidon and you cities of Philistia. Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I will strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you have done. Verse five, you have taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures and have carried them off to your pagan temples. Verse six, you have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks. The Greeks are the Gentiles. The Gentiles at one time, oh, they ruled the world now. Uh, they were some horrible people. I thank God for salvation here. I thank God for uh, allowing his salvation to move over to the Greeks because Greeks are Gentiles. 
anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile or Greek. Okay. So they could take them far from their homeland. Verse seven, but I will bring them back from all the places to which you sold them. And I will pay you back for everything you have done. Slavery will be America's going to pay for slaving, enslaving blacks. Okay. God has a problem with enslaving people. Um, verse eight, I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah and they will sell them to the people of Arabia, a nation far away. I, the Lord have spoken. Oh, my goodness. Who is a dreadful thing to fall under the, the uh, hands of the Lord. Verse nine, say to the nations far and wide, get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Verse 10, hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weakling to the warriors. I mean, to be warriors. Verse 11, come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Verse 12, let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on all of them. That hasn't happened yet. But let me talk um, a little bit about this when it says uh, get ready for war. This is not a call to, to Judah, but to the heathen nations like America and, and like Russia. Okay. Um, when it talks about hammer your plowshares, you know, pruning hooks. This is an invasion of Isaiah chapter two, verse four. You can cross reference that too. Okay. There, the weapons of war are to be made into instruments of peace. Now here, uh, the implements of peaceful agriculture are to be made into weapons of war. Okay. The language is symbolic. That is, <laughs> that is what I want you guys to understand. The language is symbolic. Now, when it says your warriors, are the heroes of God or the heavenly armies, um, which carry out his bidding. Okay. Now let's pick, pick up at, uh, verse 13. Um, swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come tread the grapes for the wine press is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Oh yes. Oh yes. Now the harvest is ripe. Um, the wine press is full refers to the fact that the nations are ripe for God's judgment. That's what this is talking about. These figures are also used for the last judgment of God in revelation chapter four. Now verse 14, when it talks about, um, I might as well, you know, give the commentary of 14, uh, thousands upon thousands. The word can also be translated tumult and refers to the noisy multitudes flowing into the valley of decision, the place of God's final verdict. Okay, now let's pick up at verse um, 16. Verse 16, the Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth will shake, but the Lord will be a re refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. Now, right here, um, is talking about the end time. This hasn't come to pass yet. Okay. Cause there are a lot of prophecies. The prophets of, of old prophesied that hasn't come to pass yet. Some of it has, but some of it hasn't. And what it says about, um, the Lord will be a refuge for his people. It's those who are in Christ. 
we will be saved from the great day of the Lord. Okay, that's the refuge he's talking about, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. The people of Israel are included as well. Our sisters and brothers um, who are Israelites and Judaizers, when they call on the name of the Lord, <laughs> okay, he will be our refuge. Verse 17, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy forever and foreign armies will never conquer her again. Now this is talking about unrighteous people. When God comes to set up his kingdom, which will be set up in Jerusalem, don't let no one tell you it will be set up any other place. It will be set up in Jerusalem. No, now see when the book of um, Revelation talks about there will be no more crying, no more tears, no more sicknesses. Okay, because nobody's going to be sick. We, we won't need any doctors. We won't need faith for healing because you will never be sick again. It will be no more wars. It will only be peace. It will only be love. It will only be righteousness. That is what this is talking about. And foreign armies will never conquer her again. Anyone outside of Christ will not be able to enter or conquer Jerusalem. Because that's where God will set up his eternal kingdom. Verse 18, in that day, the mountains will trip. That's why he's, he's uh, talking about something um, that is futuristic. It hasn't happened yet. In that day, the mountains will, the mountains will drip with sweet wine and the hills will flow with milk. Water will fill the stream beds of Judah and a fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple, watering the arid valley of Acacias. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for his word. Oh, yes. Now, for those of you who want to know what Acacias is, I mean, the New Living has that um, using that word. It is a tree uh, or shrub of warm climates that bears spikes or, or clusters of yellow or, or white flowers and and is frequently thorny. OK, um, verse 19. But Egypt will become a wasteland because Egypt is who enslaved the Israelites for 430 years. Mm -hmm. Egypt will become a wasteland and Edom will become a wilderness because they attacked the people of Judah and killed innocent people in their land. My God, I tell you what you see going on today Nations are not going to get away with this. Uh-uh. They will be judged in Jehoshaphat. All nations will be called together and be judged about how they treated God's people. Oh, yes. Verse 20. But Judah will be filled with people forever. See, that is what Judah is in Jerusalem. That is where the kingdom of God will be set forever. And this is futuristic. He, this prophecy hasn't come to pass yet, but trust me, it is. It is. That's why we are called believers, because we believe God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 20 again. But Judah will be filled with people forever and Jerusalem will endure through all generations. Verse 21. I will pardon my people's crimes, which I have not yet pardoned. And I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people. Heavenly Father. Thank you for that word. Guys, we have reached the end of the prophecies of Joel. 
we learn that God judged his people, the Israelites and the Judaizers, for turning their backs on him. He destroyed their land completely, but he also restored it. God showed his mercy. Yes, he did to his people. Today, we are in, uh, living under the dispensation of grace. God doesn't respond to his people like that today. However, we can give the devil a foothold to come in and snuff us out when we disobey God. So, saints, I am happy we were able to complete that. I promise you we will tour the Old Testament again and it's going to get even better because knowledge is power. And before we go, I want to clear up a couple of mishaps I made in last week's episode, Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. If you can recall, I made a mistake and said that Paul never visited the church in Laodicea. I meant to say Colossae. Yes, Paul had visited the church in Laodicea, but he had never visited the church in Colossae. The people in the church at Colossae never saw Paul's face in person. Also, when we were in chapter 11, closing out, I made a mistake and said, um, let's close out verse 11, but I meant to say chapter 11. I'm quite sure you guys caught that, but I know you probably didn't know when I said Paul never visited the church in Laodicea. Yes, he had. He never visited the church in Colossae. So saints, we are still in this pandemic. I want you guys to take this seriously. If you go out in public, wear a mask. You wear a mask so that you can protect others. You can be asymptomatic, which means you don't have any symptoms. And if you don't have any symptoms, you are not going to go to the doctor and get tested. So that means you can spread the virus. So with that said, make sure you wear a mask. And if you go out in public, make sure you practice social distancing, which is between six to eight feet away from others while you wear your mask. Now, saints, I am so happy to have been able to finish this episode. Believe me, next week is going to be even more exciting. And as you hear these stories in the Old Testament, I want you also to keep in mind that you are growing in the knowledge of God. Yes, you are. You are growing in the knowledge of God. So um, with that said, you can study what we, we talked about today, the scriptures I gave you today. You can go over those scriptures, play this episodes um, with a couple of friends or family members and have Bible study. So I want you guys to stay safe. And until next time, peace out. All right. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please send your questions to trustgod55.cd at gmail.com. Or you can send me a direct message by clicking on the message button located on my podcast, Anchor. Spotify, Breaker, 
Google Podcasts, and Radio Public and submit your remarks. You can also support my podcast financially by accessing all my podcasts and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated. I am praying for God to give you a return on your seed. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, as it relates to sowing a seed. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. Now God will give you a return on your seed as long as you sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart. The key is having a cheerful heart. Now until next time, brothers and sisters, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.